Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. How accurate are the world rankings? I'm Paul, I'll be your host this evening. Yes, we had a whole plethora of uh, rugby, international rugby at the weekend, both uh, on the uh, women's side and the men's side, the women's um, reaching the semi-finals of the Rugby World Cup and the men's the first full weekend of November international action uh, in the uh, end of year uh, internationals window. Uh, so yes, plenty of rugby going on um, this weekend or last weekend. Uh, and there will be plenty of rugby coming up this next weekend. Obviously, the final uh, of the Women's Rugby World Cup and also the uh, um, what, third, fourth playoff place. And the men uh, are playing their second, well, the second full round of games in the international window. So lots and lots of rugby going on there. And uh, I was just going to folks, you could tell I was waffling because you know what? I was waiting for Mr. Harris to join me because I thought, you know what? Um, am I going to have to go through this all on my own, or, uh, or will we have the expert opinion from the man from the north? How are you doing, sir? And uh, we like to start how uh, we intend to continue, which means we don't go off mute. <laughs> we'll start again. <laughs> Take two. Pleasure to be on the show, Paul. Good to be here. <laughs> Good to see you. So, what? Uh, where were you um, for the rugby this weekend? Did you uh, make it to Eden Park for the um, the double header? Or was it, uh, yeah. no. No, regrettably, I actually, I actually didn't. I'd had a pretty big uh, week work-wise and uh, found myself a little bit on the tired side, so I thought I'd uh, put my feet up. So it was on uh, pretty much uh, free-to-air, Television 3, and uh, that was my uh, uh, choice of viewing. So, uh, And, of course, um, caught up with a lot of the replays of the international games the following day. Oh, you lazy ass! Didn't get up in the morning, eh? The, um, didn't get up and... Uh... Uh, in the middle of the night to watch games like I did. Um, so, yeah, so I, I did that. I was up in the middle of the night. So I'm not sure how much I remember of the games, but I was there watching them. Um, again, I yes, I was also watching on TV too, but I did not, I don't have a TV. Uh, I watch everything online on my computer. Uh, and uh, so it was great to see that TV3 were also streaming it live um, for free in New Zealand as well, which was fantastic. So um, something that surprised me, which means that I missed the Red Roses game, but did watch the uh, Black Ferns game. Um, in that one uh, and 
Well, let's kick off with the, um, the women's um, rugby side of things on this one then. And uh, so first semi-final, Canada versus England, 19 to uh, 26. Uh, England uh, getting the win that I think everybody expected. Um, but as I say, I didn't see this one, but uh, by all reports, not having it all their own way. And uh, it was um, and Canada pushed them a lot closer than, uh, than was expected, Stephen. Oh, listen, very, very much so. Full credit to the uh, uh, Canadians. Um, they certainly found a level that I hadn't seen them play at this particular uh, uh, Rugby World Cup. And uh, I've got to admit, the way England started scoring uh, scoring two very early tries, I thought it was going to be a long day at the uh, office for the Canadians. But uh, you know what? They actually uh, they hung tough. They stayed. They stayed in the stayed in the fight, and um, they pushed England all the way. I always felt though. Um, before you get fully into the game, that I think always England always had this game under control for some reason. Well, yeah, I think it's one of those ones I, we were discussing uh, online as to who goes in as favourites to the final in our chat group. Uh, and um, uh, Boa was in there saying, surely the Black Ferns do. And then uh, I sort of pointed out to him, I was going to go back and have a quick look at those stats that, are, that, that, that I pulled up and um, told him about. But uh, England haven't uh, basically lost like some like two games in the past six years oh, sorry three games in the past uh like six years i think it was uh something like that anyway um of those uh two of them have been to new zealand and one to france but um in this yes yeah, basically in this last world cup cycle they've only lost once uh in in that time or, or, or was it twice in that time which is absolutely nuts which means that, yes they do go into any game uh, anywhere in the world um as favorites and they have um earned that one um, on um, uh, to, to, to do that, yeah, the last loss was um, back in 2019. Um, they asked what he wants in 17 and 18 as well. So it's been a cracking, a, a cracking run of games. And so there's, there's obviously a lot of confidence in that England team that no matter what situation you put them in, they're going to, they, they know they can come through and get the win. Oh, very much so, Paul. Listen, they were impressive in terms of taking up the the uh, Women's Six Nations Championship during the uh, early part of the, uh, the 2022 two season. Um, like you say, unbeaten pretty much now in 30-odd games. They deserve to go into this uh, cup final definitely as the favourites. They're the team to beat. You think back a year ago, they uh, put the uh, Black Ferns away quite comfortably in a two-test series. I know these are completely different circumstances and it's a completely different uh, Black Ferns team, but on, on saying that, there's a lot of experience in this uh, English English pack, and boy, um, they've got the perfect director and Zoe Harrison at first five to drive them around the paddock and, you know, the likes of Scarrett in the midfield. They are good in the back line, even if you look at uh, out wide with Dow. Roland, who went off with an injury, I'm not too 100% sure if she'll be available for the final, and McDonald on the other wing. They have got pace to match the Black Ferns on the outside, and I think just heading back to that uh, first semi-final against Canada, I think that's where they had it, had it against the Canadians. Just the Canadians did well to stay in that in the fight of that game, and they got a lot of mileage off, off their bench, I've got to say, the Canadians, but I think the English style suited their style as well, confrontational, and I think the Canadians stood up to them, but uh, I'll tell you what, special mention to DeGoody, the uh, uh, Canadian captain at number eight, I thought she was very good, and I thought the halfback Pelletier was really, really good. She's world-class for, for Canada, but they got a lot of mileage off their bench by um, uh, Fuamba and also uh, Bekoa Bum, who I thought were really willing ball carriers, but without 
really looking like they were going to win the game. But, um, boy, England showed they got some strike power from turnover ball. Probably scored one of the tries, if not the try of the tournament, going 100 metres from inside their uh, inside their own goal line. And, uh, of course, it was uh, that Lady Dow just showing... Uh, actually, I think it might have actually been McDonald on the other wing, on the left wing, just showing a, an amazing bit of, uh, bit of pace to actually... Uh, Scoot down the uh, down the touchline and, uh, and and finish off that try. In fact, it was uh, Dow who scored that fantastic try, and that came around about the fiftieth 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 minute. And up until then, it was eighteen twelve, and the Canadians had a, a period of dominance for that while. So that turnover just pretty much broke their back. Paul, sorry to waffle. No, no, that's all. I say I missed the game, so good, good to hear hear, hear your thoughts on it. Um, on the second game, then the uh, Black Ferns um, against Les Bleus, um, or New Zealand versus France, and boy, this was a uh, a cracking game. France, uh, sorry, first off, New Zealand had a bit of a tactical change, um, bringing Holmes in in the fifteen jersey, bringing a bit, a bit more of a kicking option um, at the back there, and uh, dropping a uh, an unlucky um, uh, Letty Langi uh, two at the bench. She's been um, a, a cracking player. For the Black Ferns for um, for a couple of years now. So I've had, I've had the, uh, the the luck and the joy to talk to on a couple of occasions, which has uh, which has been great. Um, but um, so yeah, a slight tactical change there in the back three for them going into this one, and um, with the, obviously the, the, uh, expecting a, a pretty kicking game from France. I get I think they'll probably do something similar against England um, as well. But um, France went out to a ten nil lead um, in this one, and I thought yes. Uh, whilst the uh, the Blackfoot has been talked up a lot going into this, I think that uh, people hadn't really um, given France the uh, the respect um, that uh, that they deserved. I, I think in the in the New Zealand media. Um, now I know that they're trying they're deliberately trying to get behind um, the local team, um, but even so, um, the uh, the Blackfoot did well to pull that back to ten all, only for a try um, right on half time to give France that ten seventeen lead. And I thought that. Um, the sort of momentum going into halftime that really would be uh, that uh, put put France in a in a real strong position, um, but I was wrong. You come out two scores an early try, um, and uh, the Blackfoot pull it out to a twenty five to a seventeen lead um, there. France get themselves back into it. You know, a couple of late um, yellow cards uh, and a kick at the death um, to um, to win it. Um, just got missed, meaning that the Black Ferns came out on top by a single point. Boy, oh boy, cracking game. Um, and as you say, a team that had beaten uh, New Zealand by 40 points um, before Christmas, it comes down to a one-point game that could let be honest, could have gone either way um, with that last kick. But uh, just show you, as you say, that this is a different a different Black Ferns team to the one that we saw in, uh, in, in November last year. Oh, Totally agree, Paul. And of course, um, you know, new head coach as well. And, you know, we know the credentials of uh, the professor, uh, Wayne, Wayne Smith. I'm, I'm sure you've shared a beer with him down your way, way, Paul. I mean, so this is a very intelligent, uh, intelligent coach, you know, even though he, he may have so-called been away from top level rugby for a while, you know, that doesn't take away the guy's brain power. Very, very smart man. I listen, I first thought that first 20 minutes of the second half, the uh, Black Ferns dominated that. The try that Ruby, Ruby Tui uh, scored off a of Rene. Rene Holmes kicked to the corner, just 
absolutely fantastic. And then they got the crowd, crowd in behind them. And and once again, Fitzpatrick scoring around about the 57th minute mark. And you just thought after uh, DeMont also kicked the penalty in the 63rd minute that maybe this Black Ferns team was gonna was gonna kick away. But I, I suppose they were the architects of a little bit of their own demise, Paul, where they could have basically uh, tightened the tightened that game up. But uh, Listen, one thing the French really did well in the first half, French got a lot of turnovers, about four or five turnovers. And, yep, you can play the game at pace against this French team, but if you are isolated, they're very, very good over the ball, this French team. And I thought they showed a lot of character also to get themselves back in the game, which set us up for that uh, pretty amazing grandstand finish. Yeah, cracking finish. You mentioned the crowd there. Um, Got to say, a little bit disappointed to see so many empty seats at Eden Park. Um, for that one, look, still uh, a, a bigger crowd than uh, you pointed out than at the last Rugby uh, Rugby World Cup that was in Ireland. Um, the, uh, the, the the big crowds that's done recently have been in England and France. Um, so look, uh, unfortunately, uh, so, so what's happened with the, the Women's Rugby World Cup in, in previous years is it's been practically in one or two venues. Um, and it's been a much smaller affair this year. Um, what's the first kind of time that we're going to try and, I think, take it around the country a bit? Um, but so COVID put um, put uh, put pay to that, and, and hence it's been held just in uh, Fongaray uh, and um, uh, and Auckland um, because of that. And then that means that essentially, pardon me, you're down to just um, a couple of, of venues. Obviously, um, I'm not a great fan of double headers. Now, I know they even had some triple headers um, during this tournament because I think six hours uh, to well two two hours um, either way. Um, was um, yeah, thank you, Simon. It's saying, yeah, that, so last year the final was only eight, uh, was 18,000, um, was all they could get there. Um, well, I, I think you've got two hours for a game, uh, at an hour, an hour break that's five hours at least you're there for, if not, um, if not closer to six. That's a long time to be sitting, um, and uh, and watching rugby. Sure, you know, people do it for cricket, um, but that's generally in the sunshine, and uh, you're making a day of it with a picnic in your paper, and it's all a bit of a, a relaxed atmosphere. Uh, rugby is, is more about watching the game and it's not so much about hanging out um, per se. So uh, I, I'm not a big fan of those double headers. Um, I think people turn up for just the game they want to see rather than necessarily the full time, most of them. But um, so but your, your thoughts on that one, Sydney? Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting, Paul. You talk about the respect piece. I, I think there may have been a bit of a lack of respect for the French because, you know, just checking the TAB odds, for that particular game, uh, France were paying around about $3. And I must admit, I jumped on them, you know, just basically because that's what you do when the odds offering are, are, are very good. So there might have been a, a feeling that uh, this French team were quite beatable and the, and the Black Ferns were going to roll over them. But um, listen, I, I think the, the twenty two to 25,000 that turned up on Saturday, they're the lucky ones, Paul. Anybody who didn't make it, who didn't, who didn't make it, has basically missed out. There's even a bit of regret on my part that I that I didn't make it as as tired as I was. I had a you know a couple of friends there, and boy, they were waxing lyrical the next day uh, via text message. What a great game they had! And of course, um, listen, I I think because it was such a great great game, I think it's maybe and also free to air as well, Paul. I, I think that's where probably the public may have missed out because you, you kind of looked at the figures. I, I heard on the radio that. Um, through Television 3, there was something like 950,000 viewers that viewed the game. But after they totaled the live streaming, 
it took it to over a million. So that probably says to me that there's not really a lot who are tuning in on 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 Spark Sport in at the moment. So there's a bit of a message there, Paul. I do I do wonder if you'd probably if this game was sort of open to more people, free to air from from day to dot, so they can see some of the wonderful tries that these teams are capable of scoring. It just made might have made people think a lot more because a lot of the comments since post game I'm hearing is. You know, guys coming, people coming out of the woodwork saying, wow, this is the first time I've seen a full w- women's game. Didn't realise it was that good. So, yeah, you know, maybe a little bit of, um, shall I say, I'm, I'm trying to look for a word that maybe a little bit of ignorance more than anything else, Paul, about how good maybe this product can be. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, you're, you're quite right. I think a lot of people will comment about stuff without actually necessarily being there and giving it a go and actually watching it themselves properly. Um, and then we'll just, just uh, or they'll have watched the game from five years ago uh, and, and just continue with that opinion without actually sort of watching it more recently. But the, uh, it was, I say, it, it was a cracking game. Uh, what well, it's def- definitely, uh, and uh, hopefully, well, I hear that it's already a sellout for the final, um, which again is another double header um, as well. So um, great for that to be, uh, to, 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 to have got to that stage uh, and that we are going to have a, a proper, proper sellout for the final. Um, now, the, I mean, the problem with free to air is obviously money <laughs> at the end of the day uh, and uh, and getting it to there. And it's a chicken and egg thing. Oh, it's, a, it's, a car- it's, it's one of those uh, sort of things like you want to build the audience, but also you need to get some money in to make it professional in the first place. So the I understand why they went with um, um, they, 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 they went with that and, uh, and behind the paywall. And look, people are complaining about Spark. I'm not many people can see it. But look, if it's behind Sky or behind Spark, Sure, Spark is the newcomer. It's got a smaller audience. It's not as uh, well known. But look, rugby has been behind a paywall for a long time now, uh, and I think that that's that's kind of normal. I think, I think complaining about Spark, uh, I think it's a bit unfair on Spark. They're just doing what they can to try and get themselves um, to be relevant. I think they they're going to struggle now that Sky have got the World Rugby events from now on and got the rugby and the league and the football. Uh, you kind of wonder if how long Spark's going to stick around for. But hey. They gave it a shot. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah, right. Listen, I've got to say, Paul, that I, I don't think Spark have always helped themselves. You think back to 2019 when they got the Rugby World Cup rights and there was a lot of issues in and around streaming. And I know a lot of people uh, found found that frustrating. And listen, I, I know of many people who basically, with all the streaming issues they had, thought, no, listen, forget it. I'm not going to go down that that, that park again and if you, you kind of look at their competitor um, Sky you know they're getting the rugby back they've already got the English Premier League back so you know once again, once again they've probably hit back on the back of some problems that uh, Spark Sporters have with the greatest with the greatest of respect um, listen I just want to say though um, what it's going to do for uh, women's rugby in New Zealand I think it could be quite incredible Paul um, if you can imagine the young youngsters that are heading out to watch this game and certainly taking inspiration um, with with the with the way the Black Ferns are, are playing and, and listen how they portray how they come across as a team they certainly come across as a as a as a team that's having a lot of fun and they definitely do things as seen by you know a couple of the um, media conferences we've seen with Wayne Smith they certainly do things a lot different than what the men do. Absolutely. Look, I'll, I'll, the um, when I've and uh, the, the problem is, is it's kind of I guess you get you, you the, the the comment here is is in the when when I've actually got had access to 
the players um, that they they they, they have all been very helpful. Sorry, I mean, a little bit of a, a bit of a problem here, folks, because I've got a I've got a, um, a lemon pip stuck in my straw um, for my uh, gin and tonic that I'm drinking during the show. So I'm um, having a quick go at trying to clear that out um, while we're talking. But the um, no, look, the, the I think the, the girls understand in a way that um, or the ladies, sorry, watch your one. I'll get so we do say the boys don't we, for the for the for the uh, rugby players as well. So. Um, well, I think the boys uh, don't really get the idea, understanding that um, of, of their responsibility to grow the game. I think the girls do um, in, uh, in 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 that one. So, um, and that comes across in how they how they deal with the media, uh, and it's much more relaxed um, about it. I'm not quite sure they're not quite so um, scared of uh, um, of the media and the fact that they get they'll they'll do exposes and stuff on as well. Maybe that's because they don't mess around like the boys do. Um, some of them <laughs> they don't get themselves in as much trouble as well. Um, the and uh, so for everyone who's who is uh, who especially uh, who is listening, especially on the, the the podcast, who's wondering, have I managed to get the pip out of the straw? Yes, I have. We're back in in action for the gin and tonic, so all is good um, with the world. Don't worry. Some of the streaming issues were kind of exaggerated. Really, I found Spark Sport an absolute bizarre, uh, a, a real problem for the Rugby World Cup. Uh, for the men's the men's rugby world cup, sorry, last year uh, in twenty, uh, not last year, well, a few years back now, geez, twenty nineteen. Um, I, I I had buffering problems in most of the games, um, so yeah, it was it was a much um, inferior um, product to what to to what I see with Spark with, with with Sky. I still occasionally get buffering with Sky. Sky is far from perfect, and trying to find historical stuff that you want to um, on through through the through the spot through through the Sky interface. Is an absolute nightmare if you don't know which program it was on and which time, which channel it was on, and which time it was on. Yeah, good luck trying to find um, replays and stuff. Uh, so, um, the so yeah, so having had um, the uh, the um, uh, so, so having had that um, uh, that, that that problem um, with with Spark, I I have not paid for Spark this year and have just that's it. Just the, the first game I watched was actually the semi-finals. I will watch the final. I think TV3 streaming shows worked perfectly. I um, was happy with that. Uh, I don't know how good it is for going around finding historical rugby games, but they don't have very many rugby games, let's be honest. That's not their, uh, that's not their resident detriment. That's not why they exist, uh, but it is why Sky exists. Um, so anyway, uh, on, on that, so yes, yeah, broadcasting, I've been, I've been happy um, with, uh, with, with that side of things. Um, so... Come the finals, then we've got uh, Canada versus France in the third, fourth place playoff. Now, look, these third, fourth place playoffs are always very difficult to pick. Clearly, France should go into this one as uh, favourites, but the problem is how serious or, um, or or how will they approach the game? Um, will they already have? Uh, will, will they be so disappointed with how they did that they actually they're already on the plane home? Um, will they pick a, a full strength side, or is this an opportunity to give players? In the wider squad, you haven't had much game time. Game time, um, so you don't know how we, how these two teams are going to take it. But um, so that's a bit of a coin flip as to how that game will pan out. Unless you have some insights, Stephen. Yeah, listen, I would. It would not surprise me if if Canada wins this game because they listen. I think as much as as gutters as they were against England, I, I think they'll pull up a little bit better than what the French team did. It wouldn't surprise me if there's probably the French make a few make a few changes as well. And like you say, give the rest of their squad a, uh, 
a run and listen at the end of the day i know it's that game that nobody wants to play but uh, you know third place is third place at the end of the end of the day and i and i think both these teams will want to go out with it with a strong showing absolutely particularly Canada, who've got who've endured a, a whole plethora of issues over the last couple of years it's been absolutely absolute nightmare for them um so yeah i think they will in particular as you say who want to sign off on a, on a positive note. Uh, I don't think they were expecting, uh, I think they were, they were probably more hoping to make the final than expecting to, um, whereas I think France might have been expecting to to get there. Uh, and I think, so as you say, I think they will be in a better, uh, Canada should be in a, or could be in a better mind frame um, for the game. And then we got the final, um, England versus um, New Zealand. Again, doubleheader at Eden Park. Uh, I think we already said that so England going to this one as, as favourites, but boy, oh boy, the Black Ferns have turned things around massively, as we've said, uh, with those results, as we've shown with those results against France. England beat France uh, in the group stages, so should go into, so do go into this one as favourites, with only one point win by, by the Black Ferns, remember. Uh, uh, however, on the day, uh, who knows, will the expectation on England um, become too much? I think it has definitely cramped them. I think they have struggled with that during this tournament. They haven't performed to their best because of that. Uh, so will that get to them on the day? Um, some people are calling the uh, Black Ferns favourites. So will that actually, uh, will the Black Ferns be able to play with the same uh, same style and freedom they have been playing with? Or will, again, the expectation get to some of those players? We'll have to wait and see. I mean, um, you know, I'm not expecting any players like your, your Portia Woodmans um, are going to be absolutely fine. But uh, if we, but they've got a very young captain at the moment running, running at 10, for example. Um, as, as as well as other young players in this team, so we'll see. They've they've never played in a a, a, a rugby World Cup final in front of their own fans at home in New Zealand. So, Stephen, who knows what the how the emotions are going to be? Yeah, exactly. I know you could probably see in the if you didn't see the Canada game, um, England started. They looked very very nervous, and um, I just wondered if it was a byproduct of not having played. You know. Pretty much breezing through a lot of the pool games, looking, looking, looking pretty comfortable. Um, Canada put some early pressure on them, and um, you know, no doubt the same will apply to to New Zealand, who looked a bit <clears throat> like possums in the headlights in that first ten or fifteen minutes against France, as well. I I think this particular game will be won by the key game drivers, and that's probably why I make England England favourites. I think the the England are very very good in the halves. They will come at um, the Black Ferns very hard. I must admit, I was very impressed with the Black Ferns scrum. It stood up to the French uh, pack at, at set piece set piece time. There probably wasn't a lot of scrums as many as I thought they would be. I don't think um, New Zealand really gave um, France a lot of time to, to settle. On saying that, it, it's just such an intriguing battle, Paul. That's the thing about it. You can't say one or the other. Yeah, England definitely go on, go into the match as favourites on the on the back of the record. But, uh, you know, how much of a hometown will that home crowd advantage be? There's a whole lot of anomalies here. It's pretty exciting, really. It's probably, we've got some great rugby coming up the weekend, but it's it's probably the match of the weekend. Probably one little thing to throw in this, this banner in the works. Of course, a lot of precipitation up here in Auckland today, and we're expecting a, a little bit more weather Weather for the wet weather for the next couple of days. Saturday looks like that we we could have some so-so conditions um, for Saturday, so that also might play into England's hands if it's uh, if it's wet underfoot or dewy. 
Absolutely. Well, I don't think June's going to be the problem. I don't think it's going to be. It's, it's, going, it's going to be wet, folks. Um, we've got 100% right chance of rain on Friday. So Friday is going to be wet. So the grass is not going to be dry, even if it doesn't rain. Um, it's still going to be wet underfoot. Uh, the, um, so the ball is going to be a bit damp. So that's going to make it throwing it around a little bit harder. Uh, now, if it's actually raining, that makes it a lot harder. Uh, and we'll have to see. So, yes, as you say, um, stick it up the jumper and um, the girls are coming for you. I think it's, going to be, it's, uh, it's what the Black Ferns are going to expect to see. I was going to say, it's fine on Monday. <laughs> that's that, that that's for the uh, uh that, that that that's for the cup parade if uh, if you're black if the black fans win it <laughs> i was gonna say let's not let's not go down there paul <laughs> <laughs> so moving on then um the uh, there has been some sad news uh with the news that kevin hart uh who, who the um has passed away who apparently uh we also, i'm not someone that i uh, now recognize but apparently uh is the uh the the, the voice of waikato rugby um and uh, was calling matches over 35 years uh, here. Uh, a, a name you're aware of, Stephen? Um, Kevin, I'll say I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, really, really. Very, yeah, very much so. Um, from a radio radio sport days, um, was basically the host of the Country Breakfast on a, on, on a Sunday morning, Kevin Hart, also a very good commentator um, for a cricket commentator for radio sport, but also the voice of Waikato and, and, and Chiefs rugby for, for quite a few seasons. I think he might have called his last game several several years ago, and I, I know somebody like Nigel Yeldon pretty much came under his 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 tutorship um, as uh, Kevin was coming uh, towards the end of his career, and he was certainly a guy who painted some great pictures and uh, made a, a game sound very, 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 very exciting, a, a class broadcaster and a class caller. And um, listen, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and and his uh, friends around the country. Certainly a sad loss um, for those in the uh, broadcasting industry. It's been one of those years, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, <coughs> no, <coughs> sorry, uh, very well said there. Um, Stephen, uh, we'll move on now to the um, rugby from the weekend. And uh, what I thought I would do is, 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 is have a look at how the results matched up against the um, <coughs> against the world against the world rankings. Um, so the uh, we'll just have a um, look up here as the the, the results. Um, so we kicked off the weekend with um, Romania um, hosting Chile, uh, with, who've got a seven point win um, to the side that uh, had the better world ranking there. Samoa then hosted Fiji, uh, getting a sixteen point win. Um, and again, I think both of those went the way that we kind of expected them. Um, Italy then uh, beat Samoa by thirty, sorry, uh, by thirty-two points, a massive win. Um, and we see Italy there ranked fourteenth in the world um, with Samoa at eleventh. One of the things we've had heard and has been mentioned a lot of times is that uh, because of Italy's low rankings, that oh, they shouldn't be in the Six Nations. And yet, when they come to these kind of November games, they tend to win. So uh, I, I do think that their world ranking is. Depressed by the fact that they have, uh, they do play um, such other such strong countries most of the time, uh, and, and that perhaps that one is a little lower than it than it should be seen. Yeah, listen, no question, it's Italy. I'm looking around for some humble pie, Paul, but I can't find any lying around here. Um, I got, I've got to say, they're just showing that they are prove are starting to uh, to improve and get better and better, and of course. Uh, uh, a lot of their play, players play in the respective uh, European competitions. So you can only get better from a Samoan point of view. I've got to say that's really disappointing. 
result for Samoa, but we don't know what sort of resources are, are thrown at Samoa, e.g. how long they've actually been together. We know that some of these um, Six Nations teams have actually been been together uh, for a couple of weeks already in, in training caps, etc. Uh, Scotland, Fiji, yeah, once again, that's probably a game I, I could have probably gone gone either way. It wasn't um, Scotland's uh, top side, shall we say. They you know, they had a couple of others unavailable for that game, but uh, it's about it's about right. And I must admit, I, ch- I, tuned, I tuned in a little bit to that uh, Romania Chile game. They were actually showing that uh, live on a on a Facebook, and I had a bit of bit of a look. And um, Romania in that game got out to a heck of a lead, but Chile uh, came back at Romania, and Romania just really basically hung on at the end of the day. So yeah, some listen. Listen, some good footy, some good close footy. So the matchups were were reasonably good. Yeah, and so the, the the rankings were pre-game. Um, Christopher in the live chat, they're asking is there pre-game or post-game. Um, yeah, and Simon points out the yeah, other smart money into Samoa and rugby. Hopefully, uh, will be helping them. So that's uh, hopefully we'll see them heading in the uh, the right direction. Um, then we uh, had a couple of um, tier one games. Wales getting thumped by New Zealand um, by thirty-two points. This was New Zealand, uh, the All Blacks most points they've ever scored against or equal most points they've scored against Wales and the most overseas, um, which, uh, yeah, which shows a big gap there between fourth and seventh place. Then we had a uh, cracking game between uh, Ireland and uh, South Africa. A lot cracking, perhaps not in the uh, spectacle to watch, but uh, but tense uh, is the right word between first and third um, with uh, Ireland coming out on top by three points. Now, um, one of the things that's uh, that, that, that that's really upset me this weekend and has kind of brought me on a uh, kind of questioning my support of rugby has just been the amount of vitriol against again towards the referee um, that we're getting. Um, and uh, yeah, my Twitter feed seems to be uh, rugby fans complaining about refer- referees uh, and people complaining about Elon Musk taking over um, Twitter. Um, so at the moment, it's not it's not a fun place to be. And I'm wondering about whether I'll give up Twitter, to be honest with you, because it, it's just a, it just seems to be a, a dumpster fire. Um, and this is for someone who's made an effort to actually kind of um, curate my feed to kind of get rid of that kind of stuff. But even I've not been able to get rid of it. So, uh, look, um, one of the things I want to stay on, we'll, we'll, we won't be talking about is the referee on this one. Look, Ireland cement their position as number one, uh, beat South Africa in a, in a tense game. And... Uh, yeah, well done, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah, very, very much so. And you know, credit to to Ireland. They had a few people uh, missing, a few bodies missing from that team that uh, beat New Zealand out in um, in uh, pretty much uh, their 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 springtime pool, um, their spring internationals or our, our sort of winter internationals. Um, they just showed that they've got a little little bit of depth. There, when it when it matters, I'm although I'm saying that after watching the, the two respective second fifteens of New Zealand and Ireland, I, I'm sort of it, it, it's hard to say. But once again, with this Irish team, they're they're pretty well coached. And listen, at the end of the day, I I thought they despite South Africa coming back, I actually thought the Irish actually deserved this win. They were just a little bit more accurate than what the South Africans were. Yeah, and I think as you say, what what we've seen is that Ireland have got some. Enough depth for one team, not really for two, uh, in every position except number ten. Um, yet again, is this this year? They're they're very reliant on Johnny Sexton, um, and that hasn't changed. And that will also be their big thing come rugby World Cup time. 
um, again on um, on that one. Um, the we move on to um, Spain versus Tonga. Spain losing by thirty four points to a team that's ranked one place beneath them. Look again, I think this is an artificially high ranking for Spain um, because of the fact that they play in uh, the well, they very rarely play uh, what you would call to be tier one or or even or tier one and a half teams. Um, they're doing their hardest opponents are normally Romania and Georgia. Um, so I think Spain there, um, yeah, the, the gap between Italy and Spain is much bigger than one place. Um, so I think that's an artificially high one there. But so yeah, good good, good um, performance by Tonga uh, in that one. Um, France, Australia. <laughs> wow, this one again. Another one um, that, uh, that, that was close um, to the end. One point uh, difference now. Obviously, France toured Australia. Um, it was a couple of years ago now, I think it is, uh, or last year, uh, in, in that someone that took a weaker, uh, obviously, uh, they, they always tour mid-year with a weaker team uh, and came away losing that series. So France would uh, be happy with that victory um, over them. And uh, so, yeah, so Stephen, you have your, your, your sort of thoughts on those those kind of games. I guess we'll probably come back and talk about the, uh, the, the All Blacks team uh, when we look towards uh, next weekend. Yeah, just on the just on the France Tonga game, I had a quick look at the the Tongan Tongan lineup, and boy, that wasn't a bad sort of uh, lineup they had. They had on the paddock just to give you an idea. Um, you know that that back line of Havili, Moala, Fikitoa, Fire and Kata. That's that's probably not the worst the, the worst back line. So, you know that they, they obviously had to had to work hard. It was only eighteen six at at half time, but you know sort of. Um, uh, 22 answered, unanswered points in the second half. You would have probably expected them to have kicked on from there. They may be missing a missing a few for the Tongans, but at least at least it gets their um, their autumn series uh, of games underway in the in the right way. Um, just on to Australia, France. Um, boy, a lot closer than a lot of us had had predicted. Um, I once again uh, watched the highlights of of that game last night and a little bit more of the. Um, Little bit more of the of the extended highlights. I was really impressed with with Australia that they actually stood up to the French French pack. A, a problem for the Australians, they just make a lot of simple basic errors, Paul. And I suppose that that can be seen by the winning try that came at the end. Re- really and truthfully, that was some pretty awful defending. When you know once you've got to the front and you know you had the winning of the game, and that probably would have been their their best victory. Of uh, of 2023, and they've let they've let a couple escape like that along the way, namely that uh, Bledisloe Cup uh, performance in in Melbourne, and that's probably two big scalps that they actually could have taken in uh, 2023. But you know, as I described to to somebody, they 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 they're probably the best team running around with the worst record <laughs> at, at the at the at the moment, Paul, because I think there's about five or six of their internationals this year. That they've actually lost by probably less than less less than six points, and probably at least three of three or four of them they probably should have won at the at the end of the day. Um, I, I think we'll get a little bit more of a gauge on France come the in, end of the autumn series. Um, you know, maybe it takes a little bit for some of these um, these uh, northern hemisphere teams to grind, or basically, should I say, gel. I know the counter argument is maybe some of the um, some of the other teams haven't played for a while. Australia, to be fair, had that game under their belt against Scotland, but I actually thought it was actually a, a step up from where they had, had played against Scotland the week before, Paul. 
Yeah, I mean, France got the Springboks this coming weekend, and then and then uh, Japan. So I think this coming weekend will be another real test for them. Um, that, that's going to be a, a, a cracker there. So yeah, to have Australia followed by South Africa, I think yeah, France will have a yeah, a real test on that one. Look, as you say, I think. Um... Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Dave Rennie, and also, um, oh, I've gone blank, Scotland head coach's name. Oh, anyway, those two coaches are the ones that, that, at the moment, um, Gregor Townsend, uh, are the two that um, seem to be getting a little bit of flack at the moment and, and to be a bit under pressure. Uh, but two of them that kind of have teams that are kind of, that, that can fire on their day, but just seem to just mess things oh. up when they shouldn't do. Um, and which is, so yeah, so two teams there that actually, yeah, uh, yeah that, could have better, that could have better records. A bit more luck their way. I was going to say too, you know, coupled with some absolute coach killers as well. You know, the likes of Rob Valentini. We know what a wonderful player player he is, but something that he isn't is a kicker of a rugby ball. Uh, Paul, you know, just oh. that, that, those those are the sort of things that just are absolute coach killers. You know, um, firing the, the um, hooker, which uh, basically escapes my, my name, the replacement name, his line out throwing. You know, little things like that matter, and you've got to get those those right. And those little moments can be the difference between between winning and losing. And so, from an Australian point of view, um, to my way of thinking, um, that was a missed opportunity. But on on saying all this, that I suppose one thing Rennie hasn't been able to do because of injuries and unavailabilities is probably getting his best combinations on the paddock and I, and I just suspect if they can get consistency into their selection I think that will give them a, a much better chance of of winning winning more games yeah we seen there are certain teams that seem to sort of hog injuries or, or, or create injuries I mean the Chiefs being a classic one in Super Rugby um, so yes it's uh, you kind of go well how much of it how much of that injury is a bit down to luck and bad management who knows but anyway, moving on then Three games are going to run through quickly. Uh, look, the USA beat Kenya um, by 54 points uh, and Portugal beat Hong Kong by 28 points. So, look, the Rugby World Cup qualifying games um, going as um, we'd expect there. Uh, we're expecting the USA and Portugal to uh, basically meet in round three as a, as a de facto final for that final place at the uh, Rugby World, the Men's Rugby World Cup uh, in France next year. Uh, so I'm not sure that – and I didn't watch those, but apparently um, – the yeah the the, the, uh, the the Simon Simon was saying that the uh, stream by the World Rugby wasn't being particularly good, and he makes the point there that yeah look USA a fully professional team whereas Kenya 
uh, is um, semi-professional or, or, or even amateur. And I think you'll find the same there across basically the other three teams. So I expect the USA to beat Hong Kong and Portugal to beat Kenya quite comfortably um, this um, coming weekend. Uh, Georgia also saw off Uruguay um, by 16 points. Uh, look, there's five places between them in the world rankings. Not a big surprise there as well. Uruguay much improved, obviously, um, getting themselves being America's one for the first time ever heading into the World Cup. So a uh, hat tip to them for that. But um, the uh, but yeah, still some way to go against uh, Georgia, who, along with um, Japan, are kind of the two, well, Japan, I think, more so than, than, than um, Japan and Fiji, more so than Georgia, but they're in that kind of that kind of crowd who are fighting to become a, uh, a tier one country rather than a tier two one. Um, finally, uh, then the the last game, um, which was the, the the final upset, as it were, if we're going by world rankings, was England losing to Argentina by a solitary point um, in this one. Um, boy, uh, dear me, uh, as an England fan um yeah hurts uh, to see this you kind of wonder what eddie jones is is up to nowadays um manu tuolangi actually completed a game he didn't hobble off which was a wow <laughs> um, <laughs> first time since like the 2011 rugby world cup um the uh he's someone who's promised so much and unfortunately has been as injury has totally hindered that promise um but congratulations to argentina knocked off um, the All Blacks in New Zealand now have knocked off England uh, in England. Uh, and um, boy, Checker, I, I think one of the things we probably learned about Checker, Stephen, when he when he finished up at uh, the well, the Wallabies and became a TV pundit, he actually knows his rugby. He isn't a guy that, well, there was all this kind of image that he was just a guy who, who basically coached on emotion while he was at the Wallabies. But you could tell from, from his uh, punditry, that he knows his stuff and he's, he's, he's actually a very good tactical coach or he's tactically knowledgeable uh, and we're, i'm actually now seeing again getting played out on the pitch by the uh, by the viewers yeah real all-rounder as well one one minute he's coaching uh, lebanon in the uh, rugby league world cup and the next minute he's actually coaching argent uh, coaching lebanon playing in a world cup game in front of about two thousand people and the next minute he's coaching england at twickenham in front of about 60, <laughs> 60 oh, what, are the, what does that hold sixty thousand, paul um uh, eighty thousand. well yeah eight, eight, yeah incredible 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 and um there's even word that he's going to get um that he could be involved with the australian cricket team as well and that's that's a true story that's not a we're not making this we're not making this stuff up as as we say um paul i got to well, watch you know, the it's, it's, um, it's a ship in for a uh, for, for a crisis and uh, look australia haven't made the playoffs of the uh, whatever that cricket um tournament that's happening over in australia they've been knocked out of it themselves so boy oh boy bring him in bring him in that's that, that's what they need yeah, sorry, and, Steve, and, and, and he'll turn it around. Like, I, I watched the I watched the full rape replay last night of the uh, of the England um, Argentina game. I must admit, I don't know how I did it, Paul, but I actually managed managed to do it. But they obviously had, a, had quite a bit of rain in London leading up to that um, Sunday afternoon Sunday afternoon start. So there was it was very very damp on the ground. But what really surprised me about this game. Um, England tried to play very direct in a very narrow channel, but when they actually moved the ball a little bit wider, they actually looked reasonably good, Paul. But I think just playing in those narrow channels, you know, played right into Argentina's hands. And credit credit to Argentina; they only 
had a couple of opportunities and they scored the try of the match with a very very good intricate intricate movement with a couple of dummy runners and freed it out freed a bit of space and they also scored off a, an England England mistake as well so it was a case of them taking their opportunities but there were times that England actually got in behind the advantage line but unfortunately would would come up with a, a little little bit of a mistake and I don't know if they, they had quite had the right sort of uh, balance, Paul, they had Otoji playing on the blind side, and he always plays a reasonably good game, but to me that mix doesn't quite seem right um, with with that back row of Vuni Poloi and also Curry, who was on the uh, on the open side. And um, I must admit there was a little bit of spark to that English side when the replacement um, uh, came on. Now, I think his name is Van Portervelt, who came on and replaced... Um, Ben Youngs, who was basically, I think, he, what most kept English scrum half, um, might be something, something along those lines. Oh, yes, yes. And um, Portervelt um, pretty much scored with his first touch, so it must have been the fastest, fastest um, on score on, on on debut that I've ever 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 seen, Paul. But I know there's a, a lot of criticism with regards to the uh, service of um, of Ben Youngs at the moment, but I think. Eddie Jones is, is quite a fan of having Marcus Smith and also Owen Farrell in, in that particular team because of his goal kicking. But I do wonder if it upsets their attacking mix, Paul. Yeah, I'm not. It's, uh, I'm a great fan of Farrell at 12, to be honest with you. Um, I would like more um, to Alangi there uh, if he's going to play. Uh, have, him, have him at 12 rather than at, uh, rather than at 13. Yeah, I mean, some comments in the live chat about yeah, England need pace in the back line. Yep, it's not really. They've got elusive runners, but not uh, pacey runners um, in there. Now, before we get on to a, uh, a Van der Fleer kind of thing, um, but so, yeah, Jack um, Van Povelt might sound South African, um, but actually uh, he was born in uh, Norwich uh, in uh, in England. So, um, so don't um, say, so, yeah, don't... Uh, yeah, let's not head down that one. Um, Paul, was Ben Young's wrong selection? Look, in hindsight, yes, absolutely. Um, Eddie Jones has made an absolute dog's breakfast of developing uh, a nine to replace or to, to challenge um, Ben Young's. Uh, a bit like both Schmidt and Andy Farrell have made a dog's breakfast of finding any cover for, for, um, for Johnny Sexton in Ireland. Um, so, yeah, he is, uh, unfortunately, no one has had had game time at ten, at nine and uh, built up experience. So good luck to the kid. Um, and uh, he's only 21 and maybe 48. Um, I, I do feel like I actually call him a kid nowadays, even though he's an adult. Um, the um, So, um, so yeah, so good luck to him. And, and yeah, cracking first try. Great for him um, to um, uh, to be there, what, to, 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 to sort of spot that gap, go for it and to get that try. Um, Show his fearless and that was great to see. Um, the uh, so great um, uh, for 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 him his start. Okay, let's get on to um, the All Blacks now then, um, because I suppose we are New Zealand based. Uh, and whilst I'm speaking in English accent, it's the game that we uh, kind of uh, have the most focus on. And look, cracking um, result by uh, the the All Blacks there. A couple of questions for you then, Stephen. Has has um, has uh, has Foster accidentally found his answer to 12 in Brody Barrett? <clears throat> I think he has, Paul. I think he has. Because the more that um, 
Geordie Barrett beds himself into the position, the better better he looks. And um boy, he just gives them a little bit more op he just gives them a little bit more option. It also gives them a kicking, a really good kicking option in the in the midfield as well. And uh, of course you actually saw that he, that um combination that he has with his brother as well when they when he scored a, tr- a try at the end. But you know, he's got the full round game. He's the sort of guy you can basically range a little bit wider as well. You know that he he offers a threat with the high kick in the air. So we actually saw his full range of range of skill. Uh, you could almost say Fox has accidentally stumbled upon not just a second five, but also a forwards coach as as well, Paul. <laughs> well, yeah. So okay, that's your second five. Now let's let's uh, the, the the next one then is um, is Will Jordan the um, the best fullback in the world and only the fourth best. Uh, Fullback in for the All Blacks. Um, <laughs> now, now we got Jordy out of there. He still can't get get a start because Bowden's in there um, again for that uh, that, that dual playmaker thing. Um, uh, yeah, is 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 Bowden forever going to be the wannabe ten who actually plays at fifteen? Oh, you, you did, you did right, Paul. Um, uh, so many options, and it's they're they're all. Interchangeable. I mean, I say Jordy Jordy Barrett. What what he brings to that fifteen jersey is 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 his option taking. Um, whilst we didn't really see a lot of the All Black outside backs, and that was primarily because of the uh, um, the game plan that the the All Blacks used in terms of taking them on, taking the Welsh on on through the middle. Man, you just they just sport with riches at the back at the moment and they've also shown by the New Zealand 15 they've got some injury cover as well with with Ruben Love and and also Sean Stevenson who can slot into fullback or wing so there's just so so many so many areas you know they're almost like sport for riches but we're not too sure who their actual who who their back who their actual back division should be. I, I suppose the only one that, you know, once again, we saw Rico Ioane slip onto the wing and and look at home on the wing. You know, somebody sent me a, a text today, is, is Jack Goodhue still in this frame for the Rugby World Cup? Well, if you were picking four midfielders right now, you'd be picking Geordie Barrett, you'd be picking Rico Ioane, Anton Leonard-Brown, David Harvili, and if you were picking another one, well, that's either going to come from Two of us are Sheik or maybe Good Hugh, but I'd say Good Hugh, I'd say he's probably about number six at the moment, Paul. Purely because he hasn't played. Um, I, I think uh, I think he would get ahead of, um, perhaps probably ahead of uh, David Havili if he has game time. But he has to have game time, which means if he doesn't play, which means he has to play a full Super Rugby season for him to be considered for the World Cup next year. Otherwise, you're right, he's not going, um, which is a real shame because he's a cracking player. Uh, let, let's. Uh, there's, there's no two ways about it. And you and you're putting Antoine Brown in there, having only played like one game. He, again, he also has to prove that he can actually play more than three games without getting injured. Both of those guys need a, a good Super Rugby campaign. Yeah, what, one one player who will have to look at an aspect of his game is Caleb Clark, and I'm just really talking about his defence. Um, listen, that was a very slick move by uh, uh, Wales that actually opened up the All Blacks and the, the uh, guy on debut, Dyer, I think his name was, uh, uh, scored the try. But um, just basically looking at the at the replays of that, um, listen, they probably just didn't get that right. You know, a couple of players jammed up, jammed up close, which freed the winger up in a little bit of space and a very late reaction 
from uh, yeah. Caleb Clark, but maybe maybe a little bit harsh because he's got to stay out on his wing as well. Yeah, look, I, I, and it's um, and and we, we are and look, it, it, these are harsh comments about these players. These players, um, well, they have one opportunity um, to, to 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 get it to, to qualify to get these things right. If you look at the number of kind of runs that some of these players have. They might have three runs in a game, and if they don't score a try on those three runs, you go, what are they doing, boy? Um, it's not many of yeah, they don't get it's not like us quite quite often if you if you if you put a tweet out there it doesn't work you can put another tweet out there you put another one out there you can have 10 goes before you get one these guys only have one or two goes and have to get it right there so yeah. um but yeah so i'm i'm i, I would be a bit um I, I, would, I would cut him some slack um on that one um yeah because defensively yeah you, you can get the read read um occasionally wrong um obviously you don't really want to but yes um a great weapon and attack has been mentioned there by nocturnal rights. Um, the uh, I guess positions I would question. I, mean, I guess um, Sever Reese on the wing there. Um, I, I might want a, a Will Jordan, preferably there um, on that one in a first choice side. But um, uh, I think you, you can't play Jordan all the time. You have to rotate players around. Um, but we've talked about the back line quite a bit. Let's talk about the pack then. I mean, I think the um, the front five pretty much. I, Taylor or or or, um, um, or uh, Takilaho uh, kind of rotate around and who starts, who goes on the bench. Look, it's good to give them both uh, to manage their game time. That's I'm happy with that. Happy with the uh, with the groups uh, and Lomax that have got that sorted. Happy with the kind of locks as well. Um, but the big question mark has been that loose trio and the balance of it. So, do you think again, Stum has has Foster? Again, being hand being forced by injury into finding his proper loose trio of Kazel um, uh, uh, at six, Papilihi uh, uh, at seven, and uh, and uh, Severe at eight. Oh, listen! Um, just before we get to those loose forwards, I've got to mention that that tight five. You know, <clears throat> once again, it probably took a, a lost series against a lost series against um, the Irish, a uh, first up lost in the rugby championship to South Africa for some changes in the front row. And boy, call it a call it a master stroke by hook or by crook, or whether it was an accident or one of those things where you had to try something different. Boy, hasn't that been a, you know, hasn't been that something that's basically um, turned to fruit by having the, having the, the, the likes of, um, of obviously Lomax and, and De Groot, uh, Takiaho, those guys come into the, to, to the front row because they are solid and I'm just loving their directness, Paul. They're big, they, they seem to be bigger bodies, more more direct. Um, I was a bit, I must admit, I was a bit concerned they brought Cody Taylor back into that, that front row, um, the way that he's season gone, but obviously they want them to regain there's confidence because you want two hookers that are their best and maybe Takiyaho is the finisher and uh, Cody Taylor the starter, but just getting on to your, about those loose forwards, I guess one thing we we can't even think about changing anymore, I think you've got to have Artie at number eight because at the moment he's playing like the best number eight in the, in the world pool, bar none. Um, so I think, I think you probably, you probably leave him there. At the stage in uh, Dalton Papa Ali, well, there's been question marks over him that, uh, you know, maybe he's one of these sort of flashy blue blues players that um, has um, has been picked on the back of the blue, the blues performances this year. But man, he once again he offers a different type of style 
to um, to Sam Kane, you know, probably better ball carrier out out in the omic, more of a dynamic flanker where um, Kane seems to be like an all style six tight half six half seven type loose forward Paul. Yeah, this one's uh, uh, Sam Kane is if when you look at the number of tackles he makes is it's unreal. It's uh, it's quite a few tackle stats and hence yeah the, the kind of the unseen work uh, in quotes there that uh, that he gets through. Yeah, I, I look. I do have one complaint about Dalton Bakalihi, and that's his uh, bleached hair. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I, I don't recognise it. It does. I don't know where that's come from, but um, the uh, I'm, I'm finding it hard. I, yeah, I'm getting I'm I'm getting used to it. But um, no, I, I think in Papalihi and, and Surveyor, they've got this, the seven and eight sorted. Um, I'm not. I'm still not convinced by the six um, uh, around having um, Fazell in there. Uh, not uh, Craig. Uh, Craig Krubstack style in the uh, in on, on YouTube um, asked what about Blackadder? Yep, I, I, he's he's uh, he's he's got he's in the shout. I do think though that the Akiriwani experiment was probably when its course in my mind. I think a lot of people have uh, have written it off a lot longer than me. I, I, I've still remember that yeah he came on. I think it was last year or the year before, but when he came in initially, uh, had some cracking performances for the All Blacks. Uh, in particularly in the rugby championship, where they were very different to his style of games for the Blues, where he kind of just fades out of games or gets too much involved in the aggro. Um, but yeah, I, I just yeah, I don't think he's maintained it this year. So I think I, I think the experiment with him has probably has probably gone its course, in my opinion. Um, but um, uh, Jacobson also another player, um, also a possibility um, in that one. So yeah, there's there's a I, I, I think the six jerseys still up for grabs, but I would say now that I would go with that uh, that that's um, seven eight combination personally. I, I was going to say Paul with with a smaller smaller number eight. I don't think you could have a I don't think you can really afford not to have a bigger bigger body in mm -hmm. in that six jersey. I think you need a bit of a bulk. You need somebody who's a who's a very good line line out option. And yeah, they've got. It, it's it's almost like they've got a whole lot of moving parts, but they haven't quite found the part that goes in yep. there, and that's what it is. You got there's a lot of parts in the box, but I can't quite find the right part that actually fits. And at the end of the day, you've got to remember that it does that. It's it is about the combination of those three. Well, the combination of the pack as a whole, really. I mean, if you've got a particularly dynamic um, hooker or who can play, who can also play six. Or you've got a particularly dynamic lock like an Atoji or a Courtney Laws, then you can play a different style at six. But um, we don't have that in the. I mean, if you've got Samasoni on, you don't need. He, he, he takes away the ball carrying need for the six, six for example. Um, but so perhaps you want a more jackling six or a more linking six for the passing. Um, so it, it, is, it is a balance between all of those. It's not down to this player or this number must do this. But you're right, it is that balance um, between them all. It's interesting that you say that um, just with England, they always seem to me have the right event balance when Atoji and Hill are the two locks and when they've got Courtney Laws in the sixth jersey, look, they like they just they just add a little bit more athletic, athleticism um, to me when that, when you, with the two bigger locks that they had, I forget the name of the uh, young lad that was on debut for England. He actually played well um, as well, you know, but they kind of looked a little cumbersome 
to say the least. So getting that balance right is 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 very important. It's a little bit like when the All Blacks have Retallick, Whitelock, and Barrett at six. Once again, it's 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 a big pack, pack but is it a is it a dynamic pack? No. Is it a direct pack? Yes, it probably is. So maybe a horses horses for courses type thing. And uh, look, it, we, we we talked about some. Um... Uh, about Papilihi being a different style to Sam Kane. Look, uh, he uh, came second in the tackling stacks with 14, just missed one. Um, Sam Whitelock topped those with 15, not missing any. Um, Frizzell, 13 tackles, didn't miss any. Um, Sevilla with 10. Um, now, that, that that work rate from Frizzell, I'm impressed by, because I kind of think of him more as a carrying um, six than a, than, a work, than a work rate six. And look, and he did. He carried the ball 12 times. Ali Sevilla 15 times. So he's got through that. I'm impressed by actually by, I think Brazil had a particularly good game um, at the weekend. I'm not sure that he can do that uh, every single time that he turns out in that six jersey. But hey, hopefully he proves me wrong because that, that, that means he's playing well and uh, and earning those caps, which would be great. Um, looking for any other sort of points or questions from um, uh, from from from, uh, from 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 last weekend? Yeah, I, I suppose the other the only other one was a bit of a weird one. I mean, you know, maybe some of our viewers can answer that. I know we get a few from from South Africa, but I I can't work out how a team like Wales go to South Africa almost by almost by a whisker, almost end up pulling pulling off a series over there. And basically, when they do come up against the All Blacks, they just tend to 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 fall to pieces. So I'm just wondering, after sixty nine odd years, if it's if it's just a, a mindset thing. Um, it's almost like they're already beaten before they t- they took the field because um, obviously in our rugby chat, I had predicted that you know maybe this is going to be Wales' best chance to knock over the All Blacks. Well, boy, how how wrong was I? Um, because uh, Wales, to be honest, I, I just thought they were really really dis- disappointing, and I thought uh, usually in the forwards they're normally up for it, but I thought they were well and truly out physical. Good good for the All Blacks because we. Just seeing a, a little a little shift. We spoke about Jason Ryan before, and 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 hopefully the All Blacks are, are now starting to to understand there are games you're going to have to do the hard work up front, and and basically uh, earn the earn the right to go wide before you can um, before you can do all the flashy stuff. Yeah, so looks right. So yeah, South Africans play down to a team's level. Johan Rugby, obviously uh, from South Africa, so we always struggle against Wales. Um, then Wales, the All Blacks, family Wales. I think also yeah. Wales have had a tendency of starting slowly uh, in series as well, or in or in uh, uh, or, or in international windows. So again, by the All Blacks playing them first up, this is probably the worst that the Wales would be at during this week, during this window, and hence um, why they've uh, yeah. I mean, the All Blacks executed and Wales didn't. Let's be blunt. Um, they're also missing some players. I mean, there's no damn bigger. Um, and a few others as well. I can't remember off the top of my head. So they've got a number of injuries, but you've got to be able to you've got to be able to cope with those injuries because I think the All Blacks mm-hmm. at the moment are actually are actually missing quite a lot of players, uh, and the All Blacks have got a bit of a injury suspension um, issue at the moment that they've not had for a long time. Uh, and I think we so I think we are. I wouldn't say well, not necessarily testing depth because what we're actually saying is we're getting the right players in by luck. <laughs> rather than testing depth per se by you happy leaves, etc. Yeah. There is there is there is there is one other thing that's um 
that's uh, playing out in my mind as well. I see that um, Fletcher oh, Christie has been released to the All Black second 15, and TJ Perinara has been brought into the All Black squad. So has all of a sudden, with the injury to Fakatava, has has TJ jumped back into the uh, into the top three in the squad again? Well, actually, no. I'm, well, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the, the All Blacks update here, and they say so this, this is exactly the topic we we're going to go on to next. So thank you for doing that fantastic segue there, Steve. Uh, but um, yeah, Lester Anuku and Brad Weber will join the All Blacks 15, and TJ will come and join the squad in Edinburgh, or join the All Blacks in Edinburgh. Now, what I think here is is that the, 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 TJ's had a game. Um, let's give Brad some game time, uh, and hence bring bring uh, bring TJ up into the, uh, the squad. Send Brad Weber down there to start and get it all, or eventually get some good game time ahead of uh, the uh, the final round of games, or if, if need. Um, Let's find Nuka again, another player who's not had much game time. Um, so hence, off you go to, um, uh, to, to to the All Blacks fifteen and get some game time, which I think is, is actually a good a good thing there. So um, I, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure TJ will do anything more than hold tackle bags um, with. Um, but um, oh well, apparently uh, I've, I've clearly I've missed something here because Alton Wright says AB is not happy with Christie. Um, okay, I'm not sure what, what Finley Christie's been up to, but um, I, I would have thought Finley Christie might even get a start against Scotland with um, Aaron Smith off the bench, as long as he hasn't done something off the pitch, which may or may not have happened. Um, I don't know um, on that one, but um, yeah, I, I would have started Finley Christie against Scotland and uh, put um, Aaron Smith on the bench personally, and then TJ being the the guy who's there in case one of those two breaks down in in training um, ahead of the game, personally. But that 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 would be my how I would have read it. But I could be wrong. Um, with so what do you, what are your th- your thoughts about this All Blacks fifteen? Are you what what is the team? Is it a is it a futures team? Is it an extended squad team? Is it a making sure everyone's ready for the Rugby World Cup team? What? And are you happy with how they're juggling players between them? Do you think it's a good idea, basically having a squad of well, sixty? Um, are, are you happy with with with? Do you understand what the what what the All Blacks fifteen is? And are you happy with the, the with it? It's all, it's almost like an extended squad, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it, Paul? At the end of the day, you know the the extended squad that um, uh, Foster's got. Basically, at his at his at his beck, beck and call. But um, listen, I do like the concept of 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 touring the northern hemisphere because I I, I mean to say it is a, a completely different different style that that's played up there. It's it's more 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 direct, more direct. You know, the times even the times of the evening that they play the game seem to be a, a little a little bit later as, as well. Um, yeah, I. I'm not entirely sure what the what the what the purpose of 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 this particular tour is at the end of the end of the day, Paul. Because that even the the game against the Barbarians seems to be a, an odd game, which probably suggests to me that they couldn't probably find any other opposition opposition to play. They'll probably end up playing a few New Zealanders uh, playing against a few New Zealanders. When's that game next Monday morning? Um, they play Scotland. Ironically, I think it's the same time as the All Black game. Two o'clock. So unless you're going to have two screens running at the same time, that's the only way you're going to be able to keep an eye on those uh, 
on those two games. It, 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 it's pretty odd. Um, I mean, to say on the upside, it's good that they're, they're, it's, it seems like it's almost like a reward for a lot of guys who may have played well in the uh, in the NPC. And I, I reckon if they don't do it again next year, Paul, if it's not mirrored again next year, I reckon they've just basically taken an opportunity just to have a quick look at some other 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 players before they go into Super Rugby next year. And by the time they hit Super Rugby, I think they'll have a fair idea who they actually want in their World Cup team for next year. And just remembering, I think a player in Super Rugby next year can play no more than five games in a row before they have to be rested. Right. Okay. So, oh, geez, that's that's, that's going to be fun and games. Um, juggling that one, um, and uh, is 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 it hard five games? Is it a soft thing? Uh, hey, if someone plays fantastically well in ten games on the bounce, does that mean he's not eligible for the World Cup? Um, wouldn't that be a, wouldn't that be funny? Sorry, mate, you are the best. Um, you are the best nine in the country. You've beat you're better than than Aaron Smith, but you've played too many games on the bounce. You're not allowed to play for the World Cup. Um, I, I mean, a couple of things here. Um, calling it the All Blacks fifteen is clearly a marketing issue, um, and yeah. Someone says, yeah, is it a marketing scheme? Of course it is. That's why it's called the Maori All Blacks rather than New Zealand Maori, because they've renamed it to try and get more people um, bent bums on seats. To me, I and, and then so he says, yeah, was, if the men's play Canada, it was better. Yes, the, the All Blacks 15 was supposed to have four games, including Canada, plus a, another international team, but they didn't say who it was, and that fell through. Now, to me, um, with, with this one, I, I guess the reason they're using an All Blacks 15 or come up with this one is because Basically, Foster has control over this team. When he has, when we have a Maori All Blacks team, the Maori All Blacks report into the Maori Rugby Board, not the New Zealand Rugby Board. Um, and so there is a, there's a certain degree of autonomy, not a massive amount, but they obviously they, they, get, they get second dibs um, for the players. But there's a bit more autonomy around the Maori All Blacks. I would much prefer this this tour, or this, or, or to be using the Maori All Blacks for this role than an All Blacks 15. That's a personal yeah. opinion um, on that one. Uh, you want to say something, I assume? Yeah, just something. I've just got a uh, just got a text from a mate, and he's just basically said possible money grab. Um, it's, could, to, it's totally... The naming is totally about trying to get put bums on seats if yeah. they're going to tour places like the USA, for example. The All Blacks yeah. fill a stadium in the USA. The Wallabies don't. The Springboks don't. Why? Because of the strength of the All Blacks brand. Not because they play any better necessarily, but just because the brand is stronger. People know it. It gets it's it's known outside of rugby. Wallabies, Springboks isn't really known that well outside of rugby. Within rugby, it's they're equally big, but outside of rugby, they're not. And that's why they've called it yeah rather than New Zealand 15 or New Zealand B. It's called the All Blacks 15 to try and get people to come to buy tickets who think they're seeing the real All Blacks. Correct. Um, so, um, some questions in from the live chat we should have a talk about. Nocturnal rights. Can we have a Grand Slam tour with midweek games? Oh, just asking for Santa. Totally. Please bring it on. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that the URC has done is they've said there are no games during the, auto, during the um, international windows. So, hence the all Leinster, Munster. They're available for games. Munster are actually playing somebody. I can't remember who it is, but they've got a game going on um, at some point in this window. Um, but yeah, Leinster, Munster, these kind of t Ulster 
Glasgow Warriors. These teams are all available to play midweek games. So, yeah, extended squad, midweek game against Leinster. Fantastic. Would love it. think it would be great. Um, all for that. Um, I'm just going to, for those in the podcast, um, Steve, Steve nodding. I'm not going to let him say anything else because we've overrun and it's quite clear what he thinks. Um, whose attack is the best in the world at the moment, Ireland or France, Stephen? Um, I think Ireland. I, I quite like the Irish Irish structures. You know, there were a couple of times on the weekend it was really only really good defence from 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 South Africa, which actually s- shut down some moves. Uh, the French are a little bit more instinctive with with their attack. I, I wouldn't exactly call them structured in their attack, but the Irish very very structured. And uh, boy, any any team that can come out to New Zealand and and basically play some really really good rugby with structure and a, and a little bit of flair has got to got got to got to be respected and that's probably you can arguably say maybe the best attacking coach at the moment you know the likes of uh, Andy Farrell um guys like guys like Tony Brown who think a little bit outside the who think a little bit outside the square um yeah you've got you've got to give them their dues but um listen it'd be remiss of me not to mention that that Australian try scored against France where Australia did a France on France um ab- absolutely outrageous try but once again that was off 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 broken play but to to take that opportunity simply amazing um Andy France the defense is more a defense coach than an attack coach I think Mike Cat is probably the attack coach for Ireland as a just wow. just an aside um on that on, on that one um a massive uh, massive hat tip Paul O'Connell um, the forwards coach did clearly did a, a fantastic job with the forwards um, against obviously a, 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 fanta- a, a wonderful uh, Springbok pack um, as well. Um, we had those tours back in '76. Well, yes, not turn right. <laughs> but, well, that's nearly long. That, that's that's nearly long, longer ago than I was born. Geez, we're going back a long way there, mate. Clearly, you, you might you're, you're a couple of years older than me if you remember those um, on uh, on that one. Uh, I do. <laughs> Uh, most of the game against the Springboks, yes, uh, that's true. Uh, who are my top five teams in the world at the moment? Well, Ireland, France, uh, the Springboks, New Zealand, and then a big clamour um, for that next place as to who turns up on the day. I think for fifth place on that one, to be honest. Agree, disagree? Well, as he's, he's muted himself, clearly he agrees with me because uh, I am. Agree. He agrees. That's good. Um, the uh, do you think uh, about all these? Do you also think Dave Rennie needs Wayne Smith? Everybody needs Dave, Wayne Smith. So yes, bluntly, if you can have Wayne Smith as, as one of your assistant coaches, have him. I don't care who you've got, get rid of them. Just have him because he is one of the best coaches ever. Never mind um, at the moment. Um. Imagine having Wayne Smith and Tony. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Brown as, as a kind of think squad, for, as, a, as a duo to, uh, to, to a brain trust to, to do an attack. That would be, to be fantastic. Jeez. On that note, as I'm off into dream world and um, I'm just uh, blowing up with, uh, in ecstasy and having such a wonderful time, um, I will say good night to all folks because we've been way, way too long. Uh, thank you so much, um, Steve, for, uh, for for having coming on um, yet again, even if you do turn up late. Um, and thank you, everybody who's been in the live chat. It's great to have you there. Um, I've enjoyed my gin and tonic, and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the show. <laughs>